0: Sometimes in life we just suffer. Sometimes it's from being totally withdrawn. or so much stress that we are totally anxious. or so tired that we are totally burnt out. But our current position is not our final destination. No, indeed. There's hope. So whether it's your personal life, your career, your relationship, your business, or your job, we say there's reason to believe again. And we present from Andy's Personal Development, the breakout room. It's the place for health, happiness, Stay tuned for more. Our next guest is entitled The Growth Architect. And says her super skill is finding the hidden opportunity and creating an executable strategy to achieve it. Her name is Beate Chalette. This is our guest. She's also the host of the Business Growth Architect Show. And has written, Happy Woman, Happy World. The full fix that takes you from overwhelmed to awesome. So let's welcome this amazing and spirited growth architect live in the breakout room, Beate Shalett. Hi, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development and we are currently live in the breakout room. Our guest on this program is Beate Shalett. She is known as the Growth Architect, also the host of Business Growth Architect Show, a podcast, and writer of a book entitled Happy Woman, Happy World, and she knows the rest. Welcome to our show, Beate. It is a pleasure to have you. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing so much better now that I'm on your show. I'm looking forward to this, Andy.
0: <laughs> so am I. So am I. It is indeed a Wonderful pleasure to have you, and let's hope we can create a greater amount of sustenance with regards to the value that we are now going to share with the audience. So welcome again. So Beate, tell us a bit about where you grew up and what were the foundational years of your life were as a young lady as far back as you can remember?
1: Well, I mean, I am originally from Germany, so I am an immigrant uh, living currently in the United States. And when I think way, 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 way back, I remember my dad being the CEO of a dairy company and him traveling a lot and being out of the house a lot. And my mother, who was a, a homemaker and very overwhelmed with three children and, uh, me running my first entrepreneurial business out of my bedroom, mm-hmm. ordering posters for my classmates because I couldn't afford to buy them. So I figured if I was a reseller, then I would make points and then I would get them for free. Plus, sometimes the poster reseller would make a counting error and then I had a surplus and I mm-hmm. made a profit.
0: Wow. <laughs> Sounds intriguing. Thank you for sharing, (laughs) Piatte. Now, with regards to your entrepreneurial journey, you said that you were actually a broke single mom, over $135,000 in debt. How did you crack the code to get out of that place? What was that experience?
1: Yes, so um, I was... I was under the impression that I was going to be able to. Okay, so we had a little bit of a delay here, but then you came back. uh, But so we are good. Okay, great. Thank you. So the the story really is that I had um, I had been laid off. I was you know, I was married and then I realized that their relationship wasn't going to work out. And we, uh, we separated and ultimately divorced, which was not a fun or pleasant thing to do. And I had to figure out how to run my own business with very little experience. And so with a kid in tow, I went ahead, fell, fell behind, went ahead, fell behind, went through a decade of 10 years of disasters, fires, floods, riots, earthquakes, September 11th, the tsunami, you name it. I've, I've been in it. And as of, I think like two weeks ago in Los Angeles, we even had a hurricane. I mean, I mean, I am really trying apparently to cover it all. (laughs) And I realized that I had to figure out how am I going to get out of this, this race, you know, this spiral as a single parent and business owner. And I had to take a lot of very desperate measures. I, you know, I, I I had to learn how to run my business. I went to conferences, to classes, and eventually my ship came in. And when it came in, it was a big cruise ship. But I'm sure you're going to have some questions about that for me.
0: (laughs) What I'm most intrigued about is the core life lessons for survival, or should I use the term resilience, as you mentioned all those things that you would have learned going through that period. If you can share some of those with us, because it cements the fact that now you are here, you're experiencing what it is like to be on the big cruise ship.
1: Well, uh, good. and, And that's a good point. It's like going straight to, well, so adversity is what adversity is. It comes to us on whether we like it or not. Yeah. Stuff happens. Yeah. Things go wrong. People lie, betray you, take things away from you. You put money and you lose it. You believe in someone who turns out not to be that person. Mm -hmm. So we have always a choice. We have a choice to say, I'm going to allow this story to unfold as the story unfolds. And then I see what I have left and what I do with it. Or I reframe it. And I say, if this is happening to me, there has to be a reason. I always say, Andy, that opportunities typically don't show up in a Tiffany box with a bow. Opportunities typically show up as a challenge in disguise. Yeah, They're hard work and they're very difficult. So if I were to say that in every piece of adversity that you've been given, your listeners have been given, mm-hmm. there is a Tiffany box and then you're just going to have to start looking for it, yeah. then that would be a better visual. And I think that's what I eventually figured out is that in all of this, you have to learn to not judge what's happening to you as being personally an affront to you. So there's nobody out there that's trying to throw stuff in your way to make it more difficult. But what it rather is, it's a practice run to become the person you need to be to manage that next level in your life.
0: Okay, great. Um, I'm listening and I'm hearing that you're saying, instead of looking at the circumstances, the external ones, that appear to come to you and make you feel like a victim. It's not really about you, but it's about something that is in you that it's trying to bring you to a point of familiarization with that you can now look forward to the future. I love it. And thank you for sharing Beate. Now, how did you come to the conclusion that you would be the growth architect? Where did that come from?
1: That really comes from something that is so natural to me that, Andy, I actually think everybody knows how to do this. Okay. So when when people talk to me and they go like, well, so what did you do? I said, oh, that's really easy. All you have to do is like one, two, three, four, five. And they say, mm-hmm. how, how did you do that so fast? I said, well, <laughs> isn't is it obvious? And they said, mm, not to me. Okay. And then somebody else would come and says, well, how do you, how do I do this? And I said, oh, that's really easy. Four, five, six, seven, eight. And they say, wow, how did you do that? I said, that's really easy. Doesn't know everybody how to do it. And they go like, no. Mm-hmm. And then over time, I realized that I have a natural ability to build a process about what other people consider oftentimes difficult pieces of business building. Yeah, Because to me, this is so, I mean, it's like, cannot see that this step comes before that step and that step mm. before that step. Okay. And so I built, I built the five star success blueprint and I kept talking about this blueprint and blueprint. And then finally, I'm like, well, it's like architecture is when you want to build a house and you are in the Caribbean. Yeah. So there's a lot of sand. Yeah. So when you build a house, you're going to have to follow certain rules to build the house. You're going to have to find a location. You have to make sure that the ground is secured, that it cannot just be sand. The ideal is a little bit of rock underneath so that the house doesn't slide or gets blown over. You have to put cornerstones in it, probably on an island, no basement. So you probably want to go up. And so there's certain rules you have to follow to build a house in that location. And so that's what growth architecture is. If you want to build a business, you're building a house with a foundation. It has to have a foundation. It has to be designed so you want to live in it. You have to tell me how many people do you want to have in this house? How many floors do we have? How big is it? Is it a small little hut? Is it a large mansion? Uh, Is it a multimillion dollar location? Is it a smaller location? Because based on these criteria, is that how we architect the business model? Yeah. And I don't care on how you furnish the house. You can put blue walls in it, green walls, yellow walls. You can have expensive fixtures, inexpensive fixtures. You can have a pool, a jacuzzi, whatever you want. That's not the point. But the structure, the architecture of the actual house of the business has to be solid and clearly defined. And that's what I help people do. And that's where the terminology came from.
0: Okay, great. I get that. Thanks for sharing, Beate. How do you get people that you work with to change their mindset, get away from a frame where they are seeing obstacles and boundaries to a point where you, as you just alluded to, make it look quite simple. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, as the case might be, how do you get them to come to that place where they would see it's just a matter of understanding what steps are necessary to take and now to have the willingness to take those steps?
1: I think you're touching on like probably the single most important point is how do you get out of your own way? Yeah. And I think the, at the beginning, Andy, there's always this awareness that you we are part of our upbringing and our story and as we've been living in the story that is our lives for as long as we are alive yeah we believe that our experiences are exactly like they occurred like we remember them and we are absolutely shocked when you find out at some point that something that you believed is not true that was a perception that you have had I'm going to give you an example. When my father passed away, my brother, my sister, and I, we were together in the same room as my father was passing from pancreatic cancer. It was literally his last 12 hours on earth. And we were telling stories. And I said, remember that time? And here's what happened. My brother looks at me. He's like, that's not at all what happened. Here's what happened. And he tells me his side of the story, which couldn't have been any more different than mine. And then my sister's like, "Uh, you guys are a little little crazy here because that's not at all what happened. Here's Mm. what happened to me. And she had yet a third version of the story. Thank God we all laughed at the time, but it was such a great example to say that depending on what your viewpoint is, the story changes. Now, if we put this into the business sense or we put this in how do I change myself? How do I make my mindset change? It's really a simple answer. You cannot believe everything you think. Okay. Your thought process is not necessarily your friend. Yes. Your your thinking has to be a, a quality thought that you have identified as true because you don't know if something happens on whether your perception of what happened is actually true. It just depends on the meaning you give it. So if I, for example, I have a email headline that I use when I get no response from someone. Okay. And the headline is, are you okay? And the reason I call it, are you okay? Because I want to make an assumption. I want to say you're mean, you're you, you, you said you were gonna get back to me. You're not getting back to me. How dare you not getting back to me? Uh, this is personal. You made a promise. You're breaking the promise. But when I use this headline, are you okay? People come back with stuff where you are glad you didn't say anything. I had somebody come back says, my wife unexpectedly died. Oh, I've been in a terrible car accident. I've been paralyzed in the hospital for the last three days. So my story tells me that what happened is disrespectful to me, where in fact, they had a major life event that had nothing to do with me. So I gave this, not calling me back, a meaning. And so when you change your mindset, or when you change your mind, or when you get clear about mindset, you always want to think about what is the real story here? Is it what is what I'm thinking even true?
0: Yeah. That's really intriguing, Beate. Thanks for sharing. Appreciate your perspectives. So let's talk about something that may be a bit thrilling for you. Um, you sold your business to D. Mr. Bill Gates for millions during a prolonged period of recession. How did that come about?
1: Uh, with a lot of preparedness and, huh? a, little bit, and a little bit of luck. Um, okay. So what had happened is I had shared that I went through a decade of bad luck and yeah. I had a lot of things fall apart. And ultimately I lost my production business. I lost a half a million dollars in one day when, yes. when the planes hit the towers. Yes. And yes. I lost uh, the other half of my business because of a bad employee that had uh, gotten a little bit too close to one of my photographers. And then they started a business, which was my business, but without me. And then when the lawsuit settled, I had exactly nothing. And when I had this idea on how to rebuild the business, I came up with this idea of building a stock photography business. It had to have certain criteria. So I had learned from my mistakes. It had to be a business that was an equity-based business. It had to make money while I wasn't there. It had to be relying not just on me It had to be a business that could be sold. So I built this business with a specific desire in mind to sell it. And so I was out of money, though, at -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Germany to drum up some business. And then my father had a stroke. Yeah. My father did not have a stroke. My father had pancreatic cancer. And my father dies within six weeks. Hmm. While I'm at the funeral in Germany in this picturesque town and overlooking the valley and, I mean, it, it's drop dead gorges in this part of the country. My phone rings. It's my office in Los Angeles telling me we've been served a notice. So now I'm $135,000 in debt. My best friend has has just died. I have no money. I do not not know what to do. So I fell on my knees. I raised my fist against the sky and I yelled at God and I said if you have a plan this would be a really good idea to fill me in because I just I just don't I couldn't understand what was going on it was yeah. so intense yeah and then I surrendered and I, I I literally let go I let God and I went I went back to Los Angeles I was looking for a bankruptcy attorney I was going to go down in flames I mean there was just no way I was going to be able to turn around I mean it was over literally I get a letter from the White House Andy And the White House from the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. And so when I look at this letter, which I only wrote because my former mother-in-law would not be quiet about this. She kept nagging me. She says, you need to write a letter to the president. He's the number one man in the country. If anybody can help you, he is. And I said, who writes a letter to the president of the United States to ask for help for your business? She says, well, you should. So finally, yeah, I wrote the letter because she would not stop, okay. like not stop. Mm-hmm. So now I get a letter from the White House. Imagine my surprise. So talk about opportunity showing up, not in a Tiffany box, yeah. a nagging mother-in-law telling you to write a letter to the president of the United States, not a Tiffany box with a bow on it. And so this put me in touch with the small business Administration, it's an organization that helps small businesses to find funding and uh, business advice. And because they got a letter from the White House, it went to the second in command. They helped me to find a loan that freed up my line of credit. Three months later, we are break even. 18 months later, I'm the world leader in this category of the stock photography syndication. That's how a Bill Gates company comes and says, we want to know how you do this. I said, absolutely not. You want it? You buy it. And they said, fine. How much do you want? I said, millions. And they said, okay. (laughs)
0: Wow. What an amazing story, Beate. Thank you for sharing. That has so much value, so much potential in it. Now, you say that your super skill is finding the hidden opportunity and creating an executable or executable strategy to achieve it. If someone is in a situation where they are diehard in terms of the methods that they use to develop and grow their business, to put their brand out, their marketing, and so on. How difficult or challenging it is for you now to come in as a consultant, as the growth architect, and show them the things that they need to do to turn things around. Because some people are so dogmatic. It's not working, but you know they keep going along the same road. They keep trying. How challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How challenging Beate, is it for you to get them to see, hey, there's another way to get this done. Let's try this.
1: Not challenging at all, because that's uh-huh. that's 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 my skill. You know, uh-huh. I give you I give you a really phenomenal example. I was just talking to somebody the other day, and he's a marketer, but he's also a pastor. Okay. And so he was trying to figure out how am I going to combine these different these different pieces. Mm-hmm and I'm listening to him and I'm listening to him and I'm listening to him. And I'm, I'm like, people are so lost right now. Uh, And so afraid. I said, are you saying to me that you, you have an idea on how we can take your love for marketing and your connection to God and we can combine the two of them to help people that want to help people to find connection to the divine or give them hope and help and believe that we could combine those and help to build communities, not just at the corner in the building, but in in, in communities online where anybody in the world, even if they don't have access to a church, to find a church and a pastor with a message that they can believe into. And he says, yes. Mm -hmm. I said, this is an unbelievable idea. And he says to me, the last call I had with a business consultant, he says, they made fun of me. They said, you are all over the place. And when I get clear what I want, I could call them back. He says, you're the first person that actually listened to my crazy idea and is telling me that I'm not crazy, but that I am onto something. Just do you believe that this is viable? And I said, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I said, all I have to do is look at all these, you know, there's a whole generation that's depressed and anxious and fearful COVID and being laid off. There's no trust, no safety, no connection, no community. People are disjointed. They can't step out of this. I said, you telling me that you got a download from God and you're, what, you're questioning it?
0: Hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. That one keeps me silent for a bit. <laughs> Trying to come to terms with that, Beate. Okay, amazing. So let's take a turn to your writing. Happy woman, happy world. And tell us about the rest. Where did the idea come from and how was the research for the publication? What is the message, actually, you wanted to get through this publication?
1: Yes. So I wrote the book after I sold my business. I was hired by the Bill Gates Company to come in as the senior director of photography worldwide globally and run the global team yeah and when I did that that was a very different job than I thought it would be because I realized very very quickly that there's such a discrepancy between how men and how women operate in in corporations like stuff was done on weekends where the men went play tennis or golfing that women were not invited and then you were told to suck it up on Monday morning when you then flew in to the meeting and the outcome was already a- a- addressed, but you were not in the room. And there was so much stuff that was going on, Andy, that I was like, what is going on? This makes no sense to me. And then I realized that there is a men's code that's at work that women just don't understand. Okay. And then I looked at women and I saw how mean women are to other women and how there is a whole piece that's fueled to keep women in this perpetual state of dissatisfaction by constantly by constantly um, questioning women, telling them how that they're too emotional, that they're not logical enough, which is not even true. And by, by keeping women turned against each other. And I said, I'm not having any of it. Okay. So I wrote the book. I called it The Women's Code to bring a, a code to how women work and live and find balance.
0: Okay, great. How has been the response to that book, Beate? What is the feedback that you're getting from people who would have read it and at least understood the message?
1: Most people say that have read it Lifesaver, Game Changer. They say, I wish I would have read this book when I was in my 20s. It would have, yeah. it would have, it would have saved me a lot of heartaches.
0: Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Tell us about your relationship with Fiverr. You have a course or courses on creative live with over forty thousand buyers. That's pretty successful. How was that experience for you?
1: That experience was great. <laughs> I I I think that you when you build your business, you always have to look at partnerships and how can you create partnerships with other people because we're talking about vertical expansions, additional revenue streams. Mm-hmm. So when you when you do something, you're not going to be good at everything. So I had learned from my first company that distribution was not my specialty, okay. but that the content production was. And so I know I'm good at content production. I'm not as good in distribution because it's not my area of expertise. So I realized that with a partner like Creative Life that is now owned by Fiverr, mm-hmm. that that there is a real validity in having somebody who's got the distribution thing figured out, but not the content creation. So then when I went and flew up to Seattle to create the content and then they put it in distribution, it worked out really, really well. So it's like one of my revenue streams, but I love the experience.
0: Okay, great. Thanks for sharing, Beate. Are you looking to do any more writing in the future? Is there a sequel to Happy Woman, Happy World or something different based on what you're currently doing now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I uh, it, it's kind of a passion project. I really do want to write a book about a new business code. Okay. Where where I'll I'll take this the men's code and the women's code and combine it and teach people on how to how to run a better business together, build on each other's strength versus this man, women, mm-hmm. everything in between, and all yeah. these endless conversations around it. I think we, we we really should be at a point now where we leave the past where the past is. I think women need to have the rights that they need, men need to have the rights that they need. But it's not over other people; it's for themselves. I mean, everybody should be able to manage themselves pretty good. And so, if we take this then in the business world, and I say as a woman, I take 100 percent responsibility. You as a man take 100 percent responsibility. Then together we can create a much better outcome. And so. That's what, what, what I've been really thinking about. The other idea I had is really to write a book about growth architecture, because that just happens to be what I do. So, so I potentially have two more books in me.
0: Yeah, all right. Sounds like something to look forward to, Beate. Thanks for sharing. With regards to, and you mentioned about the way that the world seems to be going, people don't seem to have much trust or maybe just basic human care for each other anymore. We are currently trying to recover and come out of a staggering economy, mostly due to what happened after COVID-19. I'm thinking about businesses that need to rebrand, maybe just start all over again, or change, uh, you know, take a shift in the directions that they're going. What are some of the things that you would advise them to do if they're in that position where they need to rebrand, they need to shift their focus, And think about not so much competing, but do something that is relevant to the market that people would actually look to them to solve a problem or create more solutions. What are some of the things you advise them to do, Beate?
1: Yeah, I I, I like the way you you framed that, Andy. That was a really great pre-frame. So the objective really here is to say, I have a certain belief system because I have an investment in what I have created. Yeah but now the market changes so the conditions under which i've created it in the first place are no longer relevant mm-hmm. because the conditions have changed so we saw this in covid you worked from the office suddenly you didn't work just kidding then you worked from home then you worked somewhat a hybrid now it's back to the office but maybe not so it's very complicated yeah so these these criteria constantly change as a business owner, as somebody who's looking for the opportunity or where something stopped working, you need to go back to the, to the first part. We, we address this in the Five Star Success Blueprint. And the first part of the Five Star Success Blueprint is what is the idea? Okay. The idea is what are you offering? What's, what are you selling? What is the idea, the business idea? Who, who is this idea geared for? Why is this idea relevant? now does this person actually need this and what problem does it solve okay and that's where everybody should get back to right now it's like is what i'm doing relevant to the market right now
0: yeah i understand so in terms of long-term medium-term maybe even short-term planning what periods should should such a person look to in terms of the future because we realize at the, at the rate technology is moving with ai coming on the scene like a, a moving a moving wind a hurricane it's coming from every direction how far ahead should someone plan for their business and what kind of vision do they really need to have incorporating of course ai into that plan realizing you got to get on board or else you're going to left behind
1: 18 months to three years max. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anybody who who's asking you for a five year plan, run. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's asking you for a 10-year plan, run, yeah. that's just not happening anymore. Yeah. 18 months realistically, three three years, uh, that's stretching it.
0: Yeah, I figured as much. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing, Beate. Now, do you have a personal coach or mentor that still voice that you listen to, but also listens much more than you listen and helps you keep your feet on the ground. And when you need to make big decisions, you know where to go to hear that unbiased and unjudgmental voice.
1: Yes, I I work with a high performance coach. As a matter of fact, the minute we're done with this interview, I have a, a session scheduled with her, so I talk to her regularly. All right. And I choose a high performance coach because I always strive to be running at a higher vibration. She does a combination out of mindset, out of um, really being in the flow, out of uh, coming from 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 gratitude, but also are you doing are you doing the action? So I do work with a with a coach. I think everybody needs to work with a coach. And the second uh, thing is I do a lot of podcasts. I do, Mm -hmm. I listen to a ton of podcasts on mindset. yeah. And and just to keep myself reminded that the story I tell myself is the story that I tell myself, that that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the real story, Mm -hmm. but that I have a choice on how I want my story to be told. So then I need to be in control of what I tell myself, which sounds really convoluted, but in short, it basically means that I know if I need money that the money must be there because okay. it's a law of polarity mm-hmm. and I know that if I give freely because of the law of reciprocity that I will receive but I have to detach myself from right. the outcome of the expectation yep. of the receiving yeah so studying the universal laws is is important and Working with somebody who can keep your head screwed on straight, like you said, it's very important.
0: Yeah. Is there any NLP involved there in, in terms of the technique that this high-performance coach uses with you?
1: Uh, I'm sure she does, but she she's not really telling me about the technique uh-huh. per se. Uh-huh. I, I In 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 this particular sense, so it's actually a good question. I like that. Uh, not that I... I I had actually paid attention to it, but you probably are correct. There probably is a fair amount of that in there, but I also have to be aware that where I am at, not everybody challenges me.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So I, I, I purposely look for somebody who challenges me and then I don't like it because I don't (laughs) want to be challenged.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I get it. Thanks for sharing Beate, I appreciate it. You know, I, I really would like to measure at times how important having that individual, that high performance coach, that life coach, that development coach, um, not at your beck and call really, but there's a particular role that they play. How do we get people to recognize the importance of having at least that one individual, particularly If you're into business, you're into services, you are providing a product or whatever you're doing, and you need to have that equilibrium balance so that everything in your life holistically would support the main value or the main why as you you so aptly describe it. How do we get folks who are not going down in that road or in that direction to understand how important that person is to their growth and development?
1: Yeah, I mean, I probably would just go directly to a story and I would ask him, I said, Let, tell me somebody who you admire in business that you aspire to be. Mm-hmm. So let's say they say Mark Cuban. All right. And then I would say, what do you think Mark Cuban does and what does he not do? Do you think he does Excel spreadsheet with pivot tables? hmm No. Do you think Mark Cuban goes on the back end of his website and changes. Changes certain things on the website, most hmm. certainly not. not yeah. Do you think Mark Cuban writes his own emails? Hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. Do you? So what do you think Mark Cuban does? Well, he spends his time having big ideas and he surrounds himself with people who can then take these ideas and implement them. Okay. So in order to become like that, to be at that level, what do you, what's, let's reverse engineer that. What are the skill sets, the mindset and the action sets that you need to have to get to that level to be that? Right. All right. Mindset. I have to get myself into the mindset of a leader and remove myself from that. I have to do everything by myself. Okay. What are the actions that I need to take to do that? I'm going to need to work with a mindset coach to help me or a leadership coach to help me make that transition from this manager to a leader. Great. That's right. Yeah. Then um, if Mark Cuban has all these other people that do all these things for him, then what does that tell you? That tells me I need to be a better business owner and hire people that are specialized in small areas where they're better at than I am. Great. Great. What's the action set? The action set is I'm going to have to go to a Fiverr or an Upwork or GoLands, and I will have to actually put a job, job description out there to find people that can do that. Great. What's the next thing that Mark Cuban has that you want? Mark Cuban has money. Well, wow, that's a really good one. So what are the skill sets and the mindset and the action set that you need for that? I have to believe in myself. Ah, back to the mindset, back to the coach that helps you with that. Right. I have to lead people properly so they're working at the highest performance. Okay, same leadership coach. That would work. Yeah. So that's how you how you talk yourself through this is who is this person? What do they have? And then what do you need to learn to be that? And then you transform yourself into this person. There's no secrets here, it's very simple.
0: Mm. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Wonderful, Beate. I, I like your approach and you make it so practical and so real. I appreciate that. Here's the thing. We have so many ills in the world today. You, you did mention a few. And sometimes I go down the medical road. We speak about the pandemic that just took place. Cancer is still around. People still die of heart disease. People get disrupted with this, um, dementia, Alzheimer's. Parkinson's, and it seems as though people in the medical field are either playing games or they're truly somehow struggling to find cures for some of these ills. If there's one thing that you think we should not have to deal with that should be removed, whether it be poverty, cancer, uh, the up and down, or the indifference between the male and female ratio like you spoke about, what would it be for you?
1: That's a tough question. I mean, I I I believe that the discrepancy between natural healing and the pharmaceutical yeah. really needs to really needs to be addressed. It's okay. it's almost like you you feel that it has nothing to do with each other. There's so many natural, homeopathic yeah. abilities. Nature is so powerful that a lot of a lot of things can be handled if we were to live a better balanced lifestyle, eat Mm -hmm. better meals and then take the supplements or eat the things that that keep us healthy. That probably would be one of the things if I had a magic wand where I would say, can we get the pharmaceutical company to embrace natural healing? Because it's not all about money, but it is about getting people well. Mm -hmm. And when I see that people that take certain medications that the side effects that they have And then instead they could take a natural product. And I'm gonna give you a simple example. So I have a a stomach hernia, which means that my stomach is popping out of my diaphragm on top. So that means that I get a lot of acid and heartburn. Yeah, yeah. And so they want to, they immediately put me on these normal medications, but I cannot tolerate them. I mean, I got terrible stomach aches. They said, you know, it can cause cancer and all kinds of things. That's a medication that's supposed to make me better, has a high risk of actually killing me. And then I found out that there's a product called Mastic Gum that is an is it's a, a, a tree that grows in Greece that has a gum that apparently rebuilds the lining of your stomach.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I stopped that medication and I've been only taking that. I very, you know, I mean, I, I still know that I have that problem, but it's not like it was. Okay. So so, I wonder why can the pharmaceutical company not say hey we've 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 helped create a product so try that first before we give you the heavy drugs uh, because it depends on 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 what how, how deteriorated your condition is already or not and that's something that bothers me. I think that we need to collaborate better
0: yeah, question is Beate, who's gonna tell them who's gonna push them into a corner where they're going to, hey, okay, guys. You are, Andy,
1: you are. (laughs) All right. So let's (laughs) say we
0: are, okay? We can do that. We can do that. We all have to. We all have a role to play in that direction.
1: 100%. Yeah.
0: Great. So let's have a little bit of fun now. I want to get a response. It's either one or the other. And Mm -hmm. I want you to tell me why you choose whatever you choose. Mm -hmm. Now, you have a German background, and in Germany, the passion is soccer, correct? Soccer, yes. All right, mm-hmm. great. So what's your favorite sport? Is it soccer, NFL, Sunday evening baseball? What grabs your attention from a sporting perspective?
1: It would be uh, what I actually watch is tennis. Ah, I do like soccer. Mm -hmm. and ski racing
0: okay so right now who's your favorite in the u.s open
1: uh i have not watched the u.s open Mm -hmm. because i've been working too much but i do like coco
0: oh yeah she got into the semis today actually
1: Coco, 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 Coco's got some, so did, got some uh, spirit.
0: Yes. Alexander Zarev, the, the guy from Germany as well. I think he won his match against Sinner of Italy. It oh, good. I'm incredible. so
1: glad you to- I'm so glad you told me because I, uh-huh. I have I have to catch up. You know, we had we had like crazy weekends. Uh, my my daughter had a baby uh-huh. five weeks ago. So I've been in baby fever and I've not been paying much attention, but cannot neglect my 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 tennis.
0: You got to have the balance, Beate. Come on now. <laughs> Congratulations, your grandmother. Yes. Uh, we have come to the end of this amazing program, folks. We have had the opportunity of hearing and speaking and enjoying some very valuable moments with Beate Shellet as she speaks about her life, a business, a career, and the future and what she sees for herself going forward. She has two more books. She says inside of her, and We are waiting anxiously. We're going to hope. <laughs> you can. Did,
1: did I say that? <laughs> you did. I, I have it
0: on record. So you Oh, you're
1: you now my accountability coach. Okay, got okay. it. I see how you do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, to tell my audience how they can make contact with you if they need your services, your professional information, and stuff. Share your hashtag handles with them.
1: Yes. So the first thing I will recommend you is go ahead and take our free uh, growth blocker quiz. If you have a business and you want to know what your number one business growth blocker is, go to growthblockerquiz.com. It takes two minutes and then we'll send you a report telling you what you can do to remove that business growth blocker. If you've heard something where you say I must speak to her, please, you know, go ahead and schedule an uncovery session Make sure you mention Andy in the breakout room so we can give you priority treatment. Uh, We have a business growth advisor who's trained to really listen and help you to figure out what your very best next step could be. You find me everywhere on either the growth architect or Beate Shillette. I believe there's only one person with his name out there that should make it relatively simple when you spell it correctly. And even if you misspell it, I should come up and uh, yeah, just reach out and t- tell me what you've taken away from the show. While we it, wherever you pick up the show and whether you're watching live or whether you are picking it up as a podcast, make sure you give Andy a five star review with a comment. The comment is what makes the algorithm pick up the show more so he can help more people and share this episode with one other person that needs to hear what we talked about today.
0: Thank you so much, Beate. I do have Anthony Mururi. He is a friend of mine. He's also a motivational speaker and a writer. And he says he's in Greece. I know he lives in Greece. And Beate, he wants to know about that tree you spoke about.
1: It's, 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 it's mastic gum.
0: Mastic gum. Like, yeah,
1: M-A-S-T-I-C gum. Mm-hmm. It is a homeopathic medicine. You can get it as a gum and as tablets where it's pulverized. Game changer. Wow.
0: I'm sure he would appreciate that. Thank you so much for sharing. You're
1: welcome.
0: Okay, great. Until next time, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development, along with my guest, Beate Shellett. And thank you, Anthony, for making that comment and for inquiring about that tree. Mastic gum, interesting. I'll look it up myself. Until next time, folks, remember our tree washwords: health, happiness, and prosperity. And you need to seek all in this life so that you can have fulfillment and enjoy the opportunity that exists every day for us to excel, develop, and grow in this life. Until next time, I'm saying so long. Godspeed. God bless. Shalom. Namaste. Life now.